This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before we get to today's Browns film breakdown on Blue Wire Podcast Network, I want to talk to you guys about a partnership going on between Blue Wire and Harry's Razors. If you guys know anything about me, you know that I take my my beer game pretty serious, so I'm excited about this partnership we got going here. Blue Wire's teaming up with Harry's to give our listeners the best shaving comfortability on the market. So go to harrys.com slash bluewire, save $10 on a value trial set, which includes five-blade razor with lubricating strip, trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all three for $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors, it's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. So the experience is there and the evidence is there for the quality in the product, guys. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your free trial offer by going to harrys.com bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your blade, you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll get you a full refund. Again, make sure to go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. And we're off. Welcome to Brown's Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, writer for the OBR and writer for Cleveland.com. Coming at you guys on what has been a busy, busy news week once again for the Browns. Looks like everybody is pretty comfortable with uh, the news that uh, the Browns have signed Kareem Hunt. I'm not sure the word comfortable is fitting there. You know, everybody's going to have an opinion on this signing, but it is it is fact that the Browns have decided to bring in the beleaguered running back. I'm not sure that it should be a surprise to anybody. The connection between John Dorsey and Kareem Hunt is obviously John Dorsey drafted him in the third round out of Toledo just two years ago. It is it is. A connection that we all knew about, I think we all wanted to ignore because we didn't want the problem necessarily being brought to Cleveland, but in this situation, here we are. The Browns decided to make this move. It comes with a, uh, I would say, a no risk in terms of money guaranteed to the position. It comes with no risk if if Kareem Hunt ends up failing in this zero tolerance policy that John Dorsey is talking about. There's there's If the Browns decide to move on, there's not much that can be carried on with the Browns in terms of uh, on field or on on the cap ramifications. Now the the court of public opinion is going to be different, and I I pride myself on not telling people how to feel about these situations. I don't think you'll talk to anybody who condones the behavior of of Kareem Hunt that night at the uh, at the nine. I don't think people will tell you he made the right decision. I don't think Kareem Hunt will tell you he made the right decision. He's obviously been very apologetic what this is going to boil down to guys is how much you can stomach and how much you're able to separate uh, on-field performance on-field players from their personal life and their personal decisions it's different for everybody it's different for me and it's different for for you 
Uh, I'm a believer in second chances. I think that they can be uh, used in the right way for the right people. They can make a big difference on on people's lives, and they can they can truly help society. Uh, whether Kareem Hunt deserves that second chance is your opinion. I'm not like again. I'm not going to tell you how to feel about it because I don't think there's any one right way or or wrong way to feel about it. But the fact of the matter is, and something that we're going to have to wrap our minds around and accept is, if we want to pull for the Cleveland Browns, it does appear that Kareem Hunt is going to be a part of this franchise. And uh, we're going to have to try to find a way to be okay with that. And if, if that means you can't be okay with that, then, then moving on from the Cleveland Browns is something that's very justifiable at this point. And I think most people would understand. But if you're here and you're following, Kareem Hunt's an extremely talented football player on the field. I think the Browns, if they if they get past the suspension that is going to be coming for him now, whether that suspension's six games, eight games, ten games, twelve games, none of us know. I'm not sure the Browns even know. You're just going to have to see. We're going to have to see how it all shakes out. What what that means for the future of Duke Johnson, we don't know. Uh, John Dorsey's press conference yesterday was a no in no way, shape, or form going to clear that picture for Duke Johnson. He even made the comment of, um, you know, Duke doesn't necessarily have trade value yet. The Browns are are probably going to approach that situation when it arises. I'm not sure. I'm a big Duke Johnson believer, as you guys know. I think he should be a part of this franchise. I think he's done a lot of great things for this franchise. He is uh, still underused, underutilized, but John Dorsey did give him his second NFL contract just last offseason, so they do believe in him. It's just a matter of how they're going to use him. And if you do get Kareem Hunt, there's no doubt that Kareem Hunt's a more talented football player than uh, Duke Johnson. It's how do they fit all these guys on the field? So that that leaves the um, you know leaves plenty to be plenty to be guessed about in that situation. There's no doubt though that the Browns did improve from a talent standpoint. Kareem Hunt is a Pro Bowl running back. He led the league in rushing his rookie year. He's he's very good. The Browns find a way to get him on the field and use him effectively. He will only help their offense. But again, you know that's how much you can stomach all of this. I'm not sitting here telling you that I approve of the signing. I prefer that they went in a different direction. But at the end of the day, the Browns are a team that I support and cover at the same time. And it's it's uh, you know it's it is what it is, which is a terrible saying. But at the same time, that's the situation that you're in as a fan. Um, you know, listening to the Browns and, and focusing on the Browns is that Kareem Hunt's going to be here and he's going to be here for what seems like a little while. There's there's the idea here that he gets one year, uh, $1 million contract. Uh, the Browns can obviously get out of that contract anytime if they want, but they will carry his rights into the next offseason if they, if they exercise that full contract and he would be a restricted free agent for the Browns, which means he would get um, if he is, is, the Browns would have the opportunity to match any contract offered to Kareem Hunt and then they could get some compensation back if Kareem Hunt decides to go elsewhere and the Browns don't match. So there could be that angle at player two. I would just tell you to temper your expectations in terms of how many games he's going to play, how impactful he's going to be. The name value in terms of the football player on the field brings more right now than I think you should expect for the 2019 football season. So it's going to be a talking point for the next four or five months going into into OTAs and training camp and all of it. It's going to be a focal point. So Get used to the storyline, get used to the questions being asked, because I don't really think those are going anywhere. So what this does tell me is that I, I think you're looking at a very aggressive Browns franchise here in the offseason. I, I think there have been questions about how aggressive they're going to be with their 11 picks and their $81 million in cap money. This is an indication to me that we are going to see an aggressive spending, uh, aggressive talent acquisition plan from the Cleveland Browns and they're going to be all in on making the playoffs and setting themselves up for the next three to four years and 
yeah, I just I would be prepared for them to spend and 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 take some risks and uh, be involved in as much talent acquisition as you could you could possibly get for the money and picks that they have. So sort of brace yourselves for that, guys, because it, it is it is truly coming. So before we get to today's guest, I want to talk to you guys about one more uh, company I think is doing a great job. Ethos Life Insurance um, is is partnering up here with Blue Wire. Life can be stressful. Getting life insurance shouldn't be. I can't stress that to my listeners enough. You should have life insurance just because it's going to give you peace of mind and it's going to help your family in any situation, uh, whether it's when we don't want to think about or not. It is going to be uh, a part of it's a part of life. I work in the insurance uh, market day to day, so I have a good feel for this stuff, guys. So Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast. Incredibly affordable and very uncomplicated at getethos.com. There are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars. No hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply and you can be assured knowing you've taken the steps to protect your family. And in most cases with Ethos, you can get that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day and no hidden fees. So having life insurance can free you from stress and getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in just minutes. Just go to ethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S, ethos. That's getethos.com, getethos.com. Again, guys, can't recommend that enough. Life insurance can come cheap for uh, for those in the younger generation. Get ahead of that while you can. It is not too late, and it sounds like ethos is going to give us a great opportunity to get that done quickly. So shifting over, guys, we're going to bring in our guest, I think somebody you guys should be really excited about a key cog on the Browns defensive line. I look forward to 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 passing along what I think was a really great interview with uh, with a special football player. So we will be right back. All right, guys. Um, you know, pretty pretty pumped about having my first Browns guest on. A guy I believe in. A guy who I think is anchoring the front of the Browns defense for the past two years. He's going to continue to do so as a, as a key cog, Larry Ogunjobi. Larry, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's jump in. I, I got a, I got a bevy of questions for you. I think, I think I'm, I'm interested in hearing these as much as the fan base is. So, um, you know, we're two years in now. I, I'm interested in, you know, you've, you've got two years under your belt coming into the NFL. It's a completely different game than colleges, obviously. I just kind of want to know you had a standout rookie season. I thought you had some real pop plays, some, some domination performances in your rookie year. Kind of year one to year two, how did you think that improvement went for you? Obviously had a big snap count increase. Um, yeah, just sort of what you thought improved for you from year one to year two. Well, I think one of the biggest things was just definitely being able to play more. I feel like, you know, when you're on the field more, you have a bigger opportunity to make plays. And I feel like that allowed me to go out there and kind of showcase what I could do a little more being the starter and being able to just be on the field a ton more than I was the year before. So I feel like that was a really big thing. I feel that as far as improving, it was more of just kind of understanding the game, you know, where my fits were, where my eyes had to be at, you know, my hands, my feet, things of that nature, really just paying attention to the game, kind of just seeing things a little more clearly. Because uh, I spend a lot of my time, you know, kind of watching film and kind of trying to break down certain things of, like, my opponent as far as, like, what they do, like, how do they set, you know, how do they block, how do they win, how do they lose, things of that nature. And I just feel like I just got into, like, a really solid routine and just kind of just breaking things down and just seeing things a lot quicker than I was in my rookie year, you know, trying to eliminate those false steps and trying to lim- eliminate, you know, bad hand placement, bad eyes, trying to eliminate those things and 
really just focus on my keys and the things that I need to do. And there's definitely always room for improvement. And I feel like I did leave a lot of plays on the field, <laughs> which was kind of annoying. But at the same time, it's just I'm just going through my progression. You know, I just want to continue to get better each and every day, you know, and just really continue to understand the game that I'm playing that way I can be the best possible player I can be. Yeah, absolutely. I think that a big thing people talk about is the game slowing down from year one to year two. Did it slow down for you? I mean, like your rookie year, was the game speed – as it was it what you anticipated and kind of then did it slow down for you in year two um it wasn't crazy fast when i first got to league like lender per se but at the same time i just there's certain things that i saw like even when i watched my film from uh when i was you know going into year two when i was watching my film from year one it was just it, it was more of just oh man like that's why I messed up on this play because my eyes weren't right. Or I took a step out instead of step forward. You know, you, it's the little things that, that make the guy playing behind, if that makes sense. So it's not really that the speed is crazy. It's just that you did something to put yourself in a position that you're behind the person that you're going against, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. So I feel like with film study and understanding, you know, what it is you like understand the offense like the backfield set, what the old line is doing, what the quarterback's talking about, what's the what's the cadence? What, is he hard counting Was he is he is he playing? Is he trying to give you a dummy call right now? Like are you picking up on their tendencies? Like if they're saying something, do you know where the run's going? Things of that nature. And I feel like as you you, you pick up those things as your football IQ increases, it makes you play faster because now you're not just reacting, you're anticipating. And I feel like from year one to year two, I did more of like, you know, anticipating what they were going to do and beating them to a spot rather than just simply reacting and kind of guessing sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it showed. I think that there are plays where you're completely a step ahead. You're the first guy off the football. And, um, yeah, there's no doubt that that preparation and understanding from year one to year two certainly was evident. Um, and that kind of stems to where I'm going next. You know, last year was pretty well documented. You were working with Geno Atkins, obviously one of the best in the game. Anything similar this offseason? Any big plans? Anybody you're working with specifically? Yeah, I mean, I trained with even my rookie year. I went and uh, it was kind of funny how I met Geno. Uh, we were, uh, I had just, you know, finished the season or whatever. And we're going through, uh, actually, my rookie year, we went through OTAs and everything, did all that kind of stuff. And, you know, when you're going through, you know, when you're first coming out and you're going through your your process and things and you're just, you're, you're just nonstop, you know what I'm saying? You go from mm -hmm. getting drafted and you go to OTAs and do all that kind of stuff and then you finally get a break. So for the first few weeks, I went back to Charlotte and I was, you know, working out and training. And then one of my coaches, he was like, well, he had did the uh, minority internship uh, with Cincinnati, and he was just talking about you know Gino's footwork, how Gino you know was move, uh, moving and all that kind of stuff. And you know my coach was uh, Aaron Curry, so he was telling me about this, and uh, I was like, you know what, you know where's he training? AC was like, he's uh, he's at Chip Smith, and I remember Chip because Chip had called me, you know, before I went and did my combine, Exos in Florida. So, you know what? I was like, you know what, Chip? I see you got Gino out there. Like, I'm going to come. So I go out there. I don't know if Gino's going to, like, mess with me, rock with me, whatever. Like, I didn't. <laughs> I kind of just went out there on a whim. So I went out there. I met Gino, talked to Gino for, like, probably 10 minutes when I first met him. And I think Gino said, like, two words. And I was like, man, like, why did I come out here, man? <laughs> 
seconds at first, but now I can't get him to shut up. Like, <laughs> you know, always talking now. But when I first met him, it was kind of like, it was kind of, but, you know, I met him, I told him, you know, he helped me, you know, he helped me with my eyes, like, what I need to do. Kind of just teaching me the game, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so a lot of guys, you know, they have an example, somebody can watch, somebody can talk to, you know. But being as I was the first player ever drafted from my school, is like, I am the blueprint. You get what I'm saying? Like, everybody yeah. else got somebody they can look up to, you know, like somebody who got drafted before them, things of that nature, but have that. You know what I'm saying? So everything that I've done, like, that I'm doing currently, is I'm learning. You know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be this blueprint. That way, you know, the guys behind me that are, you know, coming up and, you know, going to, you know, and is doing it, I feel like that's when you start to kind of really build that that legacy and you can really help people, you know, better themselves. So that's why right now it's like, I'm trying to do everything in my power to be the best player I can be. Yeah. So, so something I'm interested in, Larry, I think obviously you're, you're one of the premier players at your position. I think that is starting to become known across the league. In your opinion, you know, year three is a big year for you. What needs to happen to take your game to that elite level in your opinion? I would say just, just being dominant in both phases. You know what I'm saying? Not just flashing and, you know, either or. You know, not just flashing in the run game. Really just being that complete player that, you know, where you where it's difficult to run the ball against him, but then when you have to pick up and throw it, it's even more difficult, if that makes sense. Where you can be a factor in both phases of the game consistently, I think it's really big. Because when you look at the, the really good guys, the really great guys, they're consistent in both phases of the game where, you know, they're they're making things happen in the run game and in the pass game. And that's really what I want to get to, where now it's like you, you won't want to run the ball, but you can't get away from me. You want to pass the ball, but you can't get away from me either. And that that's when you really start to, I feel like, really get into that upper echelon of uh, elite defensive tackle. So I'd say those are areas. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's something you proved to be able to do last year. I think everybody's expecting that big jump again next year. Um, you know, as year three makes you more and more comfortable in the league. I will ask you this. Um, you know, the second half turnaround has been a pretty public, you know, pretty public thing. Brown's got a lot of attention for the for the second half of the year takeoff. What do you, your opinion, man, where did that, 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 that resurgence come from? What part of the team, you know, there's obvious things you can, you can, people can pile on Hugh Jackson all they want, but there's something more to it. Guys in the locker room, um, you know, they, they start to believe. Where do, where do you, where do you put the, uh, you know, the credit to where that second half takeoff came for you guys? Um, I'd probably say, just the guys in the locker room, really. You know, when you when you go through, you know, because I know we had a really big roster blow, but there's still a decent amount of guys who've had to go through, you know, that 0-16 season. And I feel like just the resiliency of the guys and just kind of like the brotherhood, like we never really were down on ourselves. We always knew that we had, had see on paper. But I think the bigger thing was just, you know, getting the, the, the right game guys and buy into what we're trying to do you know what i'm saying just really just believing that at the time we do have the ability to go out here and play with these guys you know what i'm saying and once you once you shift your mentality once you start you know playing really good football where it's it's not just one side of the ball that's doing well but you're playing well on all phases where you're playing complementary football where the offense is really rolling defense is rolling you got guys plays i feel like that's when when you start building that confidence you know, that it translates from practice 
to the games. You know what I'm saying? And now, now you're starting to build that identity. Like we're not just, you know, the sons of the past. Like, like this is a different team. You know what I'm saying? And and I feel like we have the right pieces now to really just continue to keep that steam and just keep moving forward in a positive direction. Absolutely. I thought I thought like I said, I thought you guys from the outside perspective had a bunch of guys who were who were clearly gelling and don't care about the stuff that's happened here in the past. Um and yeah, I mean that that obviously it, it makes a difference and when you got both sides clicking, that's that's what you want to see. I, I will ask you this question. Uh, you know, the outside media gets a perspective of Greg Williams that it seems like players get a, a different vibe from him, and they love they love who he is. I thought it was really cool to see Greg take on a more introspective role as the head coach, and it was really enjoyable for those of us covering the team. You know, I just I, I think this is a fun question. Just kind of what are you going to always remember about Greg Williams is, you know, he's obviously moved on and all of that, but just sort of your standing memory of Greg as a, as, as a coach. It doesn't mean that he had to. He had a. <laughs> it was one of those, like, he just wanted you to just, you know, like, he didn't really care about, like, excuses and, like, why, like, he just, you know, he just wanted it done. You know what I'm saying? And he always used to say, this is a production business. And sometimes when you, when you keep it that simple, it kind of makes sense. You know what I'm saying? And, just everything, you know, just how he was able to, like, just get going. Like, everybody, like, responds differently. I feel like he just had that, like, that fiery the attitude that, you know, just just got you going. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, like, you listen to him, like, well, yeah, like, well. And you just saw guys, you know, really just buying into it. And then you, you kind of saw how it just translated on the field. Like, you know, he just let us play football, and I feel like, that sometimes as simple as it is, you know, you just go out there, you you do your assignments, you kind of simple, and you go out there and just handle business. And I feel like he did a good job. That was one of my memories, I guess, because Coach Williams he was always cool to me. So, yeah, no, he's he's a he's a great dude. He's he's had a he's had a long history in the league, a lot of respect, and um, obviously everybody everybody wishes him nothing but the best. Have you had a chance to meet with Coach Wilkes, Coach Lapoy yet? Your new your new defensive coaches? Yeah. Yeah, I got a chance to meet them. They're cool guys. I I know some of their history. Well, I know Coach Wilkes because you know he was at Carolina, and I had met him when I did the local day when I was coming out of Charlotte uh, two years ago. So that's how I had knew. I I didn't know Coach Lapoy and all them, but when I met him, real straightforward guys. You know, they have a good track record, and you know they just seem really excited to you know get going. So I mean, when you have that kind of energy in the room and like I said, you know, with such a young team, like you get, like on both sides, not only on our side but on their side, they got to be excited. So I feel like just with the energy and you know the people they have in the building right now, I feel like it's going to be good. So I mean, I know we're going to work hard and everything, but I'm excited. Well, hell yeah, man! Everybody's excited for you. What's uh, I'll give you this this platform, Larry. What's your uh, what's your message to the Browns fan base? You know, big signing happened today with Kareem Hunt and and. Um, you know, everybody's looking forward to the resources being used in the draft and in free agency. What's your, uh, you know, just your message to the Browns fan base heading into 2019? <laughs> Grab your popcorn. It's going to be a show. <laughs> Good, man. We're happy to hear it. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. Larry Joby, guys, obviously you're, obviously you're following him. He's one of the best in the business doing it right now. We're blessed that he's on the Cleveland Browns and uh, looking for big things, Larry. We appreciate you joining us here on Browns Film Breakdown, man. Hey, thanks, Jake. I really appreciate you having me. 
Yes, sir. All right, guys, we will be right back. I want to give a shout out again to Larry Ogunjobi taking the time out of his busy offseason coming on to Brown's Film Breakdown, giving us some time to discuss some key aspects of his uh, you know, upcoming third year, a key year in his rookie uh, rookie contract and his development as an NFL player. Really excited for him. He's been nothing but great. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Just a quick reminder, if you can, um, you know, iTunes ratings, reviews, subscriptions, those things really help us, um, you know, kind of track if you guys are enjoying the show or not. There are obviously other, you know, venues to doing that. Art19 is going to give you guys a, a spot you guys can uh, leave a review. We always appreciate those things. We hope you're enjoying what you're getting from the Brownsville Breakdown Pod. You also have the YouTube channel we hope to get going uh, as soon as we can. Once this sickness passes that is going through the, the household here, going to get back to the grind on some more of those videos. But yeah, we always appreciate the support. You know, it means the world to me. I thank you guys for joining us. As usual, we will be back soon and go Browns. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com/safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.